Hi, I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, and I want to tell you a story. As you know, we've been telling stories from our sabbatical, and I want to give you another one today. Miss Rachel and I were gone for the whole month of February, spent most of our time in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and been telling some of the highlights and the funny stories and the scary stories that happened to us. Today, I want to tell you one uh, probably that gave me the most fear of all, uh, so we're in our cabin. I described this to you uh, in a recent story. Our cabin, a uh, small cabin, hang out over the mountain, no, no neighbors nearby, a single driveway leading to it. And it could get creepy at night. It's very dark, you know, and it's down a long uh, driveway. And we were, and we were there pretty much alone in the dark. Well, one night, Rachel had already gone to bed. She was upstairs uh, in the loft uh, asleep, and I was downstairs, and I was working uh, on, on the sermon series I'm preaching now uh, for uh, handwriting. So I'm reading, and uh, I'm just taking notes, and I'm just totally in the zone. Man, you ever been in the zone where you're, like, you're making a lot of progress, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing research, and I'm reading really interesting stuff? And just to set the context right— we're in a cabin. It's dark. It's late at night. We don't know anybody that lives around us. And I'm deep in study. And out of nowhere, I hear a knock at the front door. Normally, I would have thought that it was the cabin cracking and settling again, but this was just way too human. Somebody was knocking on the front door. And really, it scared me because I I didn't know any, I don't know anybody except for the owners of the cabin who live an hour away from where we were. We didn't know anybody on our street or down the road. And why would they be knocking late at night? So I'm in my underwear, just, I'm sorry to tell you that. So I'm, I, I get up and I go to the front door and I look out the pane glass window and I see a man standing there and he's, I turned the porch light on and he has a green maintenance uniform with no name tag and no company name. It's just a green maintenance uniform. And he's holding a two-by-four that he looked like he sawed off in his garage. And on the two-by-four, he had mounted a hotspot for, for the Internet. It totally looked like a prop somebody would make up in their garage that didn't really work just to kind of get access to your house. So I'm having these thoughts. Here's, here it is late at night, 10 o'clock at night, a guy I don't know at my door knocking with a two-by-four that he'd made in his garage. And I said, hey, can I help you? And he said, I have your hotspot. I'm like, I didn't order a hotspot. He said, yeah, this is for you. So I did what every red-blooded American would do. I opened the door was a dumb thing to do. First of all, I don't have any pants on. And second of all, I don't know who this guy is, but I couldn't hear what he was saying. So I cracked the door and I said, what did you say? And he said, yeah, they sent me to bring you the hotspot. And I said, who is they? He said, you know, the people. I'm like, the American people? Who are you talking about? He said, no, the, the people at the office said you needed a hotspot. And I, I brought it to you. And I was like, uh, I think you must have the wrong cabin. He said, no, this is your address. This is where I belong. And I said, well, ma'am, I hate to tell you, but I'm not letting you in, and I don't need a hotspot. Uh, I said, what's the address on the work order? And he pulled a piece of paper out and fumbled around. I'm thinking, man, this is totally looking like it's a setup. This is not even real. And he read the address off him, and it was the same address that we had, but it was the wrong street name. It was something Falcon Ridge or Falcon Crest. 
which, by the way, sounds like a total made-up name because most of those street names had heel names and that kind of stuff and no bird names. Uh, and he said, it's Falcon, same address we have, but it's Falcon, uh, Falcon Ridge. I was like, nah, man, this is, you're at the wrong spot. I said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I closed the door and I locked it. And he just stood there on my porch, stood there. I, I could see him through the window and he could see me seeing him on the window. It's like, dude, you're not leaving. You're going to just stand there. And then he turned around and walked slowly off to the edge of the porch, but he didn't get off the porch. He stayed on the porch. So I thought, okay, he's not going. So, you know, I own a gun. So I went upstairs. I woke up Rachel and I said, hey, there's somebody on the porch. They, they're not leaving. Uh, I'm going to just get the gun in case. Now, I've never, other than uh, going to the firing range and practicing, I've never shot the gun. Uh, but I just kind of felt like this guy is not going to leave my front porch. Uh, I don't have, you know, uh, any neighbors I can know that I know to call. So I just was going to defend my wife and make sure he didn't break in. So I went back downstairs and he's still there. I'm like, are you kidding me? So he saw me again and he walked off the front porch. He walked back to his van. Now we were, uh, our cabin had a single driveway and my truck was pulled down right to the cabin to the front door and he had parked his white van, his white panel serial killer van was parked right behind my truck, and there was no way I could get out. He was literally bumped up against my tailgate. There was no way to back out. So I watched him, and he walked real slow, but he didn't get in the driver's seat. He got into the passenger seat. And then I thought, oh, he's not the serial killer. He's the assistant to the serial killer. He was just trying to get me to open the door where he could get in. So he gets in, and I can't see what's going on because it's dark outside, and the porch light doesn't quite reach to them. But I can see their shadows moving. There's two people in the van. There's the guy with the hot box, hot spot two-by-four in the passenger seat and a driver. And I can see that they're talking. It looked like they're moving toward each other. And then they just sat there. And it looked like they pulled their phones out because it lit up in the cab of the van. And they were calling someone or checking the map. I'm thinking, well, maybe they're looking to where they can go. Uh, so I stood at the window where they could see me, seeing them, and they didn't move for 15 minutes. They just sat in my driveway. So I texted the owner of, of the cabin, who's kind of late, but I texted uh, them and I said, hey, did you guys send a maintenance man down to our cabin with a hotspot? I could see from the message that I'd sent that they'd opened the message and that they had read it, but he just stayed on read. Nobody was answering. I'm like, oh, man, I don't have time. So, and then she started typing. It seemed like she was typing for three minutes. It's probably just a normal, a normal amount of time, but it was like, how much are you typing? And finally, the little bubble appeared with the word no. <laughs> Took a long time to type no. So I sent her um, another thing. Well, this guy is trying to get access to our cabin. And then she answered and said, hey, send me a description of what he looks like and what he's driving. I thought, oh, man, she thinks we're in danger. She's already opening up a homicide investigation. She wants his description. Uh, so I, I, I text her, you know, he's about 40 years old, wearing a green maintenance uniform. He's driving a white panel van. I mean, he fits all the descriptions of a serial killer. You know, so I'll send her all that uh, and she doesn't respond for like 15 minutes. I'm thinking, oh, he's, 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 he's somebody sent somebody to her house and they're killing her, too. 
Of course, none of that ever happened. Uh, so finally, in the end, she texted me back. She said, uh, what name was on the work order? And I told her it was um, same address as ours, but Falcon Ridge. She said, oh, that's the street that's down in the valley below yours. I think he's just on the wrong street. Uh, so about that time that I got that text from her, I saw the van backing out of our driveway and getting back on the road. And I watched him as he went down the hill and I could see him way below the valley on Falcon Ridge or whatever it's called driving along. So that night, nobody got killed. As far as we know, uh, he, he was never a serial killer. It was mostly just in my imagination, but Hey, your mind does crazy things when you're alone in the dark on the side of a mountain and a guy in a green uniform knocks on your door with a two by four in the middle of the night. So that was uh, one of the stories that I wanted to tell you. We survived. Nobody got hurt. And we lived to tell the story. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church. Uh, if you want to know more about our church, jf.church. Or better yet, download the Journey app. Go to your app store. Type in Journey Fellowship Church. Download the app. It's filled with ways to get connected here at Journey. Uh, and I can't wait to see you next time because I'm going to tell you another story.